everybody, and welcome to That Artist, a podcast where we talk about all things art. I'm your host, Danny, And I'm Michaela. And let's talk about what's going on in the art world this week. It's art. <laughs> I, I added a new piece to it this time. I love it. It's art. It's art. <laughs> I feel like we had to add, add something to our little song about art. I, we do this, we literally do this every week, and every week I cut it out. And every week I say I'm going to keep it in, and I never do, but maybe I'm, this week is the week. I'm Just because sure I added it. You recorded that too. Huh? I'm pretty sure you recorded that last week. Yeah, too, last week like, I recorded it. I need to I make like, sure that we put this in. This time I will. I'll, I'll add it because of my. It's art. It's art. Guys, we do that literally. Have a little every ASMR. Time. Have a little ASMR going. It's art. Ooh, I'm gonna... Do you guys like ASMR? Because I don't. I don't like. I don't. Get I the feel point like of I'm, it, To be honest, I think I. I feel like I'm the only person who doesn't like it. It actually makes me uncomfortable. Everyone's like, it's so relaxing. I'm like, no, it gives me anxiety. Depend, depending on what it is, it it doesn't. Especially the ones when they whisper. Me. Yeah, like I wouldn't say that it bothers me, but there are some things where it's like, how does anybody listen to this? Because. I'm already conscious of like smacking my lips or mm-hmm. having a lot of saliva buildup that's mm-hmm. being picked up on my mic, let alone listening to that in a, a voice like this. Uh, it's, and I just whisper, I it makes me uncomfortable. The only one I can kind of get on board with, and I feel like this is borderline ASMR, but also not, is the like the people putting their fingers in slime. Yeah. Like that, that one, I can get on board with that. I like the yeah. pops. But any any other ASMR makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, or, ooh. Okay, so I don't know if she wants no, to No, no hate, by the way, to any oh, ASMR yeah, yeah, yeah. artist. Oh, yeah, no. I That's totally your thing. I appreciate your art. It just, yeah. I, I don't know, it just doesn't relax my brain like it does other people's. Yeah, yeah. This has nothing to do with us hating on it. It's just, it's not something that we're going to go out of our way to listen to, to feel relaxed. I will say every once in a while, you know how you're um, scrolling through TikTok and they'll just, like, show you random live? I almost always get showed ASMR lives. And I will say that sometimes, depending on what they're doing, I do notice that I'm just sitting there watching for a little bit. It's just, yeah. not, as long as they're not doing, like, the... I don't mind they whisper. I don't like when they whisper right on the mic. Mm-hmm. You know what I've been catching myself watching more and more? Mm-hmm. In, like, the Facebook suggestion posts that you mm-hmm. get? Well, there's a few. One is sewing. Okay. I don't sew. I don't know why it comes up, but it does. And I watch it. Um, another one is... It's, like, painting, but they use tape to like create their designs oh, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. I'm sure you've seen it before. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people have seen it on Facebook before. But I've been watching a lot of those again for no reason. I like I I enjoy paintings. I enjoy what it does for people when it comes to painting. But I I don't have the patience myself to watch somebody else paint, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um so the fact that I'm watching it all the way to the end, it drives me crazy because I don't understand why I'm so fascinated by it. If you want another good thing to watch on Facebook, like the little, like, you can watch the video section. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not art related. And guys, I know this is not a podcast and I will come back to it, but Bondi Rescue, okay? It came up as a suggested thing. I watched one too. 
And then last weekend, I hyperfixated and I went on the page and watched every single video they had. And if you guys have never heard of Bondi Rescue, because I hadn't, it is a Australia, it's technically a reality like TV show. Mm-hmm. And they are uh, lifeguards at Bondi Beach in Sydney, which is like the most famous and most popular beach. And it follows them like working and like saving people's lives and stuff. Huh. And I don't know. It's kind of entertaining. They have accents because they're all Australian. Australian? <laughs> and I don't know. But last weekend, I mean, hours, hours of me watching these videos. I just went into a hole and watched all of them. And it was huh. amazing. And then I looked up where can I watch the actual episodes on like Netflix and stuff. You can only watch it if you're in Australia. But I was like watching people being like, how can I watch this? And they're like, oh, you can just change your VPN and then go to this website. And it's an Australian website, but it's like their like channel four or whatever. And it's Mm -hmm. free on there. And I thought about it so I can watch all the seasons. Yeah. Like, I know that I'm not going to, there's no sponsorships here. This is not, you know, us doing sponsorship or anything. But I hear a lot of good things about NordVPN. Well, I might have to look into it so I can watch all the all eight um it's like they have like 11 seasons now mm-hmm. so i can watch all 11 se- seasons of bondi rescue because it's apparently my new adhd focus <laughs> i loved it so much so back to art and not reality tv show in australia that you can't even watch here in the u.s um this month is pride month and technically yeah. the day this comes out it's still may but like it's pride month guys and we're so oh, excited. it's definitely pride month oh my gosh we're so excited we're gonna have some great guests on this month and highlighting some lgbtq plus artists and some awesome art and but we are most excited to share their stories with you and how their uh, gender identity and sexual preferences and so on has you know transferred over to their art and how they've used that as an outlet um and hard and good times to mm-hmm. you know express themselves even though i just said that you get it the that artist team has been working super super hard to create a safe platform for all artists no matter what mediums they create in or who they are as a person this month june we are highlighting some amazing artists from the lgbtq plus community with an amazing amazing fundraiser that is going to an amazing charity called the trevor project Michaela, do you want to kind of go into detail about what the Trevor Project is and what they're trying to accomplish? The Trevor Project is this amazing charity that actually provides 24-7, 365 days a year crisis resources for LGBTQ young people. Um, they have crisis hotlines that can be called at any time to you know, get help and talk if, if a young person needs that. They also, on their website, have amazing resources that you can go and search about sexual orientation, mental health, gender identity, talking about suicide, the diversity of LGBTQ young people. There's so many things that you can go and that young people can go read about if they're feeling confused or lost. On top of those amazing crisis resources that they have and the resources that kids and young people can go and read. They also created this amazing thing called the Trevor Space. 98% of LGBTQ young people say that a safe social networking site would be valuable to them. So the Trevor Project actually went out and made this Trevor Space where they created a way to have an online community for LGBTQ young people that's a safe space. And it's ages 13 to 24, and the Trevor Space helps bring young 
The Trevor Space helps bring young people to explore their identities, get advice, find support, and make friends in a modern community that is internationally designed for them. And so that's really cool. You can go and si- sign up. And, you know, on it's, the website alone, if you guys have a chance to go see it, is amazing. They definitely want it to be a safe place, but they also understand that, you know, maybe not everyone is in a safe environment when they're trying to get these resources and they actually have a really cool feature that pops up and tells you about it when you enter their website and that's actually that if maybe you're not in a safe place where you are trying to um, get these resources that you need at that time they actually have a feature where you can hit escape three times very quickly and it will immediately take you off the website and back to a google like just the plain google page we here at That Artist really want it to be an all-inclusive safe space for everyone, no matter your gender identity or your sexual orientation or even your age. And the Trevor Project is the same way. They want to create a safe space. But here at this art- That Artist, but here at That Artist, we also understand that sometimes you're not always in a safe space. And sometimes crisis resources are, you know, necessary to help you and talk things through if you're confused or lost or maybe just not in a great place. And the Trevor Project is a amazing resource for LGBTQ youth. And, you know, really, the money that we're trying to raise is going to save lives of kids. And that's extremely important to us. And in order to be able to create a safe community here at That Artist, it's also important to create a safe community for people outside of That Artist. And the Trevor Project is doing just that. To raise money for the Trevor Project, because it is so important to us, we are selling limited edition merch throughout the entire month of June, where all the proceeds are going to the Trevor Project to help them literally save the lives of young LGBTQ uh, people. So I'm going to turn it over to Danny, and she's going to tell you a little bit more about this merch. We worked yeah. so hard on it, guys. So hard. <laughs> yeah. So our designers uh, were amazing. They did some really, really fun stuff. So we Pat have on the hoodies. Back to us. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we have hoodies. We have tees. We have stickers and we have sticker bundles. We have some amazing beautifully designed, it, you know, patting ourselves on the back. Designed cuz we did amazing. Did I say designed it? <laughs> you said designed it. I we designed it. <laughs> all of these um and and like Max said, all of these do go straight to the Trevor project. We will also have some of the That Artist merch also for sale. And anything that gets sold with just That Artist um, brand does go to the Trevor Project as well for the whole month of June. Yeah. So if if you really, really, really want to support the Trevor Project and donate to this fundraiser, or if you want to purchase merch, both ways are absolutely amazing, please do so. If you have the money and you, obviously, if you don't have the money, it's okay, guys. We understand. Um, If you would like to help in a way that is not monetary, you can go share our Instagram posts and our Facebook posts to your friends. And maybe one of them will, you know, have the means to. So we totally understand if you are not in the financial situation to do that. It's been a hard time for everyone. But, you know, if you want to help in another way, you can go share as well. But, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and our cheapest thing is five dollars. So if you can make five dollars work, five dollars goes a long way for these charities, especially when they build up from a lot of different people. Mm -hmm. So 
if, if you truly want to help and you can only do $5, that is going to be greatly appreciated, not only from us, but from the Trevor Project themselves. It's, you know, every dollar is so, so important to be able to keep their crisis hotline open along with all of their events that they do. So if you do want to support the Trevor Project, please consider it. Um, again, we totally understand if that's not something that you're able to do at this time, but we do have all month of June that you can buy. Yeah. So, you know, if, it, if you do need to take a week or two in order to come up with the funds, but you do want to help out, don't stress about it. Just go to our website and you'll be able to find them still for the remainder of June. Yeah. Okay. That was amazing. And, you know, yeah. we were so excited to share that project with you guys. We forgot to do the art news and we forgot to talk about that it's my birthday. Happy birthday! <laughs> we were gonna, our plan was to talk about that first and we just got so excited. We just went right into it. Okay. Now that we, we did get a little distracted and excited and didn't do art news, but let's go ahead and we'll jump into uh, one. I think we're just going to do one just because we've already gotten off track. But it's fine. It's fine. This week for our art news, we are going to talk about never seen before photographs by surrealist artist Dora Mora will head to auction in Paris this month. 750 photographs by this French photographer, Dora Mora, who is known for being one of Pablo Picasso's primary muses, will be offered for sale in the next month by a Parisian art house. The group of images were produced between 1920 and the 1940s. They have not been previously seen by the public. The majority of these photographs were taken during the decade that Mara spent with Picasso. The subjects of these photographs range from anonymous figures captured in Parisian streets to artists and creatives who ran in the same avant-garde circles as Picasso. The grouping of photos will be sold during two livestream auctions on June 27th and June 28th in Paris, and they are expected to get about 700,000 euros, 800,000 euros, which would be 880,000 to $1,000,000 dollars in U.S. dollars. Until recently, Mara was not really known for any of her own art or phot photography and has really just been known as one of Pablo Picasso's ex-lovers and for being one of the main subjects in his frame series, Weeping Women. Mara's art became known in 2019 after a survey of her work was done at Centre Pompidou and traveled to the Tate Modern in London as well as the Getty Center in Los Angeles, which brought a new light to her reputation as an artist. Since the late 1990s, the group of negatives that are now going to be sold, as well as the contact sheets that are being sold, have remained in a box and put aside with some of some other of Mars' personal effects, which were inherited by her descendants. It said that no one really paid attention to them, and they remained stored without being seen until recently, after other um, expeditions have been done on the artist and gained some popularity, and then they were dug back out by her descendants. Previous sales have been made on some of her paintings and photographs from her estate, which uh, both of those sales happened in 1988 and then 1999 in Paris before this sale has been done. The highlight of this collection, though, includes two portraits of Picasso seated outside, taken in 1996 and 1997, respectively. The other black and white images depict one of artist Nouche Elard, topless at a beach, and scenes of street life in Paris and London will be offered 
among this sale as well as many many other um street photography that she has done they each expected to sell ranging between 1,500 euros and 3,500 euros, which would be in US dollars, 1,600 to 3,800 per photo. Mara has produced many different types of photography from fashion photographs, advertising campaigns, studio portraits, street scenes, documentary images, and surrealism, but she was also known as one of con the contributors in documenting Picasso's framed wartime 1937, which was inspired by the aftermath of the Spanish Civil War. Born in Paris, Mar spent most of her childhood in Buenos Aires, but eventually returned to the French capital in 1920 to study photography. She would later go on to photograph the Great Depression era throughout Europe's cities and opened her photography studio in Paris by the 1930s before meeting Picasso. This sale comes as an interest after a surge in finding unrecognized players in the surrealist art movement. In the traveling show Surrealism Beyond Borders, which is now in view in the Tate Modern Museum of London, will, has taken a global view of the movement and features some of Mars' work. Meantime, Mars' career has also been recognized as scholars explore gender politics in the art muse relationships because of her relationship with Picasso. We do have Michaela kind of taking over the show a little bit for some amazing but for, announcements. First, we're going to talk about that it's my birthday. I yes. don't like attention most of the time, but on my birthday or birthday weekend, I want it to be all about me. Oh, yeah. I and am, this is all about you. This is all. It's my birthday week. As we record this, because we record ahead of time, it is technically my birthday week. We're recording this a little later than we typically record episodes. But it is my birthday week right now. When this episode comes out, my birthday will be in three days on June 3rd. And I will be 24 years old. Yeah, still a baby. I'm still a baby. I'm so, so young. I can't say much. I guess I can't really <laughs> say much. You, you're, we're not that far different. My favorite is when I talk to people and they find out my age. And they're like, wow, I thought you were so much older. And I was like, That's me. That's me. So anybody listening i am going to be 26 i am not in my 30s i don't know why people think that I, i'm starting to think that it's by the way that i look maybe i look older than what i really am i have the but opposite, a lot of people well a lot of people like to tell me that i'm very mature for my mm -hmm. age and i don't know if that's Which just also them covering it up over the fact that they just basically called me old I also want to say, guys, so that saying that you're mature for your age isn't as much of a compliment as you think it is, because I'm mature because I have trauma. Yeah, same. I grew up really fast, okay? <laughs> but I actually have the the I actually have the opposite problem where people say I'm mature for my age, but I look young. Apparently, I look like a child, and sometimes people are surprised that it's I am as old as I am. I've actually, I look so young that once at a bar, I had obviously made it, made it past security to get into this bar. But I look so young that the bartender didn't believe there was no way I didn't have a fake and asked to see my ID again to check it. And then once at a bar, the bouncer was like, this is obviously a fake and took my ID. And I had to go get a cop to get back. <laughs> 
because the next day I had an appointment to get my passport and I couldn't get my passport because this man had my ID. Oh my gosh. So I looked so, like a child, apparently. <laughs> well, not to bring it back on me on your birthday weekend, but <laughs> I I never even get carded. I can't remember the last time I got carded. I have had my my license from like the like the 21-year-old license where mm-hmm. it becomes the horizontal one. I have had that for almost five years now, and I think I've been carded maybe three times my entire life. It's actually a joke among my friends because a lot of times um, they don't get carded. And I don't think they look old. It's just like, you know how you can just kind of tell when someone already knows how to drink? Like, you don't yeah. look 40, like at a restaurant. They're in, if you, I know at stores, they're like, oh, if you look over 40, then you get ID'd. If you look under 40, you have to get ID'd. At restaurants, they don't. They just go off, like, attitude. And all the time, it's happened multiple times where all my friends won't get ID and then it gets to me. They're like, I need to see your ID. And then they all laugh and I'm waiting. It's like, what's so funny? And then they're all like, we're only six months older than her. (laughs) I was like, I don't know if that's an insult to me or to you guys. Sorry. Hey, but you know what? I would rather look young. Oh, yeah. I've always taken it as a compliment because I just, um, yeah, there's nothing. You should. One day my age might catch up on me and. I'm going to look back and be like, I wish people still told me I look young. So I'm cherishing it while I can. Well, I don't know if I ever told you this story, but I lived in Pella with, I can't even remember how many, a few guys. Uh, I, I just, I lived in the like same, that. I know, I know, but I did. Um, they I was funny. dating one of them. Well, yeah. I was dating one of them. Fair. And Fair. then the rest of them were all a part of, a semi-pro football team that I used to photograph for. When I lived there, there was a time where we were just kind of all talking in the kitchen one night, and one of the guys is slightly younger than me. The rest of them are older than me. And this had been months after we all started living together. Mm -hmm. And we had, like I said, we were just talking, and our ages got brought up, and we were talking about my birthday coming up and everybody was so surprised besides my then boyfriend. Uh, they were all so surprised that I was like the second to youngest out of all of us. Cause they thought mm-hmm. I was the oldest the whole time. Just cause you're so mature. I, I guess so. I don't, I don't even know where that comes from. Apparently just it's being true. around me comes into some sort of maturity. See, thing. It's just- I don't know. It's one of those things, too, where everyone's like, you're so much hurt, and I am, yet at the same time, I am still such a child. I am. I know. That's what a... I thought. I have, I like, thought I was so cool and was I doing like really I have cool a child's stuff. Youth. Yeah, I have a child's youth around me still. I yeah. have it. Yeah, I thought that I was so cool and could keep up with everybody, and the more that I realize it, even now... Even before I became a mom, I guess I was a mom. Oh, I'm definitely the mom of the group, 100%. And I would, this might, this might be some woo-woo shit to some of you, but I, I just want to say I have been doing a lot of inner child work lately, and I do feel like I've been um, more youthful. So, on top of it being my birthday episode, it's also another big episode for me. And why is that? So... Uh, Certain people in my life obviously know this already. Uh, like my boyfriend knows, my cousins know, my sister knows, some friends. 
Um, but to the rest of my family and uh, publicly, I'm not out. But I'm bi, guys. Yay! <laughs> Yay! This will be my first I Pride Month. I already knew that. I'm just gonna <laughs> throw that out there. <laughs> this will be my first Pride Month. Um, completely out of the closet and publicly open. And it will also be my first time ever going to the Pride here in Des Moines. So I'm very excited. I need to get clothes. I need a cool outfit. Um, today yeah. at Target, not to plug Target, but today at Target, I saw this. I didn't tell you this, Danny, because I wanted you to not know yet. But it was a light purple crop top. And in the corner, it had the bi flag, but it was in the shape of finger guns. Oh, I love <laughs> and it. And I want, I think I need to go get it. So I think I you do. Absolutely. But we thought it would be fun to kind of share, like, my own journey of, like, you know figuring out that I enjoyed women (laughs) (laughs) that's perfect I love okay I was like did I redo that that no 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 no. definitely keep that in and keep all this in too because I fucking love that and that's fantastic so I it definitely took me a while to realize that I liked women um I would say it's probably like late teens into my 20s I think it was I it was like right when I turned 20 and before that I knew that women were pretty but I think like obviously every woman can be able to tell like if you look at a supermodel you know that that woman is attractive that doesn't mean you're attracted to that woman though and I didn't understand the difference between that so mm-hmm. I knew like I could tell that women were pretty and for a long time it was like that game that I feel like a lot of bisexuals play of Oh, no, like, I just, I really want to be her friend. She seems really cool. Mm-hmm. And then it then it moved to, I don't know if I want to be her or be on her. That that line. That was like, <laughs> I, I love that, too. That's great. I was like, I, you know, it's a gray area. I don't know. Yeah. I would love to have been in your mind as you're figuring all this out, if this oh. is what you're hammering out now. And looking looking back on it, too. Like, there was science. Like, oh, yeah. I'm sure there was. My childhood crushes were all female cartoon characters. Mm-hmm. Kim Possible. Wow. So hot. The goth girl from Danny Phantom. She could have everything she ever wants. Can I just put in a little side note? Yeah. I, I too, thought she was hot. Oh. I, uh, have a, I have a type, I have... and it is artsy <laughs> goth girls. Hey, that's fair. That's fair. But I mean, right. I, I loved I loved her, but Danny Phantom still does have my heart. See, but I that was the other thing I was biased. So I was like Danny Phantom and the hot girl hot. in Danny Phantom, and I'm hot. like, wow. And then I didn't realize I was bi because I was like, I just want them to be a couple, and it's because I'm I was in love with both of them as a child. <laughs> hey, <laughs> that's good. That yeah. But so when exploring all this. Um, I, before I realized I was bi, when I was still in the, between the, I really want to be her friend and I don't know if I want to be her beyond, beyond her stage, like, I was probably <laughs> middle ground between those stages, um, I met my boyfriend, Eric, and we started dating. And so, I was like, ah, you know, I never, I, I started dating him and I was like, I like men, cool. We started dating and then as we were dating is when I started, you know, realizing that I think I might like women. Mm-hmm. And the gray area became more and more gray. And I was like, hmm, this is weird. 
And then at one point it kind of clicked. I couldn't tell you the exact moment it clicked. It just kind of clicked. But I'm like, oh, I, I'm attracted to girls. But I didn't see the point of coming out because I wasn't, or I am in a serious long-term straight passing relationship. Or it is a straight relationship. But you and I, you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I was like, oh, I'm just, there's no point. So I just kept it to myself for a year. I kept to myself that I was by, didn't tell anyone. And I never even said it out loud to myself. Mm-hmm. I just kept it in. And I think some of that was actually because when I was in high school, um, I had like a little bit of trauma about the fact that I could like women because I, I dated in high school, but I never had a serious boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Like I'd go on a few dates with this guy and I'd go on a few dates with this guy and either like something happened and it didn't work out or um I like what I was more into them than they were into me or vice versa you know it happens and so it never just went it never went anywhere that I was dating someone long term and because of this I had someone in my life who insisted and told everyone around us you good who insisted and told everyone around us, like everyone in our friend group, um, that I was secretly a lesbian and not ready to come out yet. And that's why it never worked out with guys. Wow. And so that was hard because at that time I'm like processing, like, do I like women? Do I not like women? And in that stage I was still like, I just really want to be your friend. And so it was confusing to me because like I didn't even know yet. And now I'm having this projected on me that I'm a lesbian and I didn't, Like, I'm just not ready to come out yet. And, like, it always came off in a jokey tone, but not a joke. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And so when I realized I like women, because, like, when this would happen, I'd be like, no, I like men. Like, I know I like men. And to be honest, when I was in high school, I don't – I don't think I really – like, I knew bisexual was a thing, but I didn't know anyone who was a bisexual. Yeah, it was always one side of the spectrum or the other. Yeah, and so I it just felt like I knew it was a thing, but it didn't feel tangible because I just didn't know anyone who was outwardly bi. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I knew people who were bi. Maybe they just weren't, you know, didn't come out at the time. And so it, I was like, I don't, I don't want to come out now because when I realized I like women, I was worried that when I came out, now it's going to be this thing where all those people who knew about this person saying this are now going to assume that I'm a lesbian because I'm admitting that I like women. Mm-hmm. So I just never said anything. I never even said anything out loud. And then one day it got to the point where I felt weird because I felt like I was hiding a piece of my myself from my partner. And at this point we've been dating. It would have been like just literally a month under two years. Mm. And I was like, I feel weird because I feel like I'm lying and this is my best friend and I tell him everything and so I feel weird keeping this and so I decide I need to tell him and this is where shit gets funny (laughs) okay (laughs) so I have this thing where I'm not great at having serious conversations I don't (laughs) like having serious conversations I feel the need to turn it into a joke I don't want anything to be serious for too long and so the idea of having to tell Eric seemed like this big, like, really serious thing that I had to do. And it gave me a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so I decided, you know, I have to tell him, but, like, I don't want to have a sit-down conversation about it. And I also have this thing where I'm trying to have serious conversations. If I'm uncomfortable, um, I can't make eye contact. 
And so I, I can't look at him. I want to tell you, but I can't look at you. And so I made Eric go into the other room. I was like, hey, I brought him into the bedroom. I was like, I need to tell you something. And he could like tell that I'm like upset. He's like, what's wrong? And I kept trying to say it and I physically could not say it. Cause like, came on, I hadn't even said out loud to myself yet that I'm dying. Mm-hmm. This is the first time it's ever coming out of my mouth. And I was like, you need to go to the living room. <laughs> so I made him go to the living room. And then I texted him, I'm by. <laughs> I, I texted him and sent it. I made him go to the other room for me to just text it to him because I didn't want to see his face if he was upset about it. Yeah. Was it literally just I'm by? Yeah. Period? <laughs> No period. No period. I'm by. No period. <laughs> Was there is, any you know, emoji? No. Okay. I, just, I'm just, just trying straight, to get the whole picture. Straight to the point. No punctuation. <laughs> and so I heard him walk out there and I heard him sit down and I texted him. And it took me a couple minutes. So he had like started doing things on his computer. And I remember like typing and I'm holding and I'm looking at. It. And then finally I just hits him. I put my phone upside down and I just like stare at the wall. And I hear him pick up his phone off the desk. And like it takes a beat, and he just from the other room yells, "Yeah, I know." <laughs> <laughs> and I all of a sudden I was so mad. I got off that bed so fast, and I flung the bedroom door open, which opened into the living room. And I go, "What do you mean, you know?" <laughs> he was he's like, "Yeah, I've known since before we started dating that you were by, babe." And I was like, "What? No, you didn't, because like I didn't even know I liked women yet. How did you know?" And he was like. No, I've I've just been waiting for you to catch up. <laughs> and well, so you could have like, told me. Yeah, I was like, excuse me. So I asked him. I was like, how did you know that I'm by? And guys, not. I am never a person to feed into stereotypes. Okay, it is bad. Just because someone falls into a stereotype does not mean it's true. But in my case, it was. <laughs> and Eric's like, you dress like a bisexual you talk like a bisexual and I was like you have no grounds for that like stereotypes mean nothing like I got mad at him because he was right and I knew he was right and I was getting defensive and then he was like and I get you check out more women than I do I get you checking out women all the time (laughs) he's not wrong so this was actually the week mm, a week and a half two weeks before my 21st birthday Mm -hmm. and so I turned that later that week I went out for like ice cream or something with my sister and my cousins and I came out to my sister and my cousins and they were all very supportive um I came out to two of my best friends and that was it and then the week of pride just happened to be my birthday weekend so like I came out to Eric on a Friday my birthday was on my 21st birthday was on a Tuesday and then I left town Wednesday to go on a family vacation and I misunderstood the vacation and I thought that I wasn't going to be coming home till Sunday. But I actually ended up coming home Saturday during the day. But because I thought I wasn't coming home till Sunday, me and my friends hadn't made any plans to do anything for my 21st birthday till the weekend after. So I ended up coming home Sunday and my friends were like, hey, um, you know, just just to my close friends, like, hey, do you want to go out and get some drinks? Like, we can still obviously do things with your other friends because I live in a different town. So some of my friends were coming from out of town to stay at my mom's house with us the next weekend. They're like, we'll still do all of that, but do you want to go get drinks tonight? I said, sure. So I went out with my um, friend Bree, and we are meeting up with another friend of hers. 
and um, I spent my first, my 21st birthday and what would have been my first pride weekend in a straight bar. (laughs) (laughs) I was like so excited that I'm going out for my first pride and I'm going to a straight bar. We go out to this bar and we meet a friend. Uh, For the sake of this story, we're going to call her F. So F, while she's drinking, um, decides to tell anyone within a three-foot radius of us that I'm by at this bar. (laughs) Which includes later that night where I'm in the bathroom taking care of a drunk friend. And she tells this this other woman kind of standing near me that I'm by and the woman's like oh that's cool I'm lesbian and long story short she tried to take me home that night so I came out to my boyfriend friends family and got my first time hit on by a woman in a one week span (laughs) (laughs) which was very exciting for me I'd never been hit on by a woman before but yeah that's that's my little coming out story or publicly coming out because I guess other people have known but it's just not a public knowledge yeah. Well, and because we are an artist podcast, I do have to ask, Yes. how would you say that your sexuality has played a role in your art? So it's played a role in a lot of my art. Um, I know a lot of the art, well, I was in the closet and in that um, stage of being scared to come out. A lot of my art was a lot darker. And mm-hmm. I've always been kind of a person who... Like, I always drew, like, women's bodies and stuff when I was younger. And then all of a sudden, I felt like I couldn't do that because I felt like it was going to give it away. Even though Mm -hmm. it it means nothing and things like that. Um, I would say the only other way it's really affected my life is after coming out. Um, I did a lot of boudoir photography. So, women not wearing a lot of clothes. And that was another thing. It's like, I was worried how it was going to affect that art if I was out. Mm-hmm. you know to, i just didn't yeah, want like to, you just didn't want people to feel uncomfortable uncomfortable which isn't at all like i'm gonna be honest i have seen so many naked women because of my job that, like i always tell women when they're shy i'm like i promise you the moment you walk out that door i'm not gonna remember what your boobs look like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know like it's true i'm like i see them all the time they're just their boobs yeah. you know and obviously when you're in that kind of job like you're in professional mode you're not thinking about that but that's the only time where I was like hesitant about being publicly out because I didn't want it to affect my art because it is so important to me that I was like is this going to take it away from me Mm -hmm. but after being out more I feel like I like a lot of people um, can make the kind of art that I want that I'm not worried about like what's being judged um because sometimes, obviously, art is very personal and can be very vulnerable. And when I would make pieces before I was out, it felt like putting a piece of your soul out there. Mm-hmm. And it was like the same thing of like, maybe that is like these feelings are what I'm painting about. And part of you, even though you don't, no one else knows. It's like, what if someone looks at this and finds out that I'm bi? Like, what if they realize? And yeah. obviously, like, you know, it's an irrational thought, but it is. It's like you get scared that somehow your art is going to out you or your, or even worse, like the, when you come out, your people are going to see your art differently, which is very scary uh, to comprehend, even if it means nothing. Yeah. Yeah. 
So thank you for listening to the Bad Artist Podcast. <laughs> I don't know if there's any way to transact transition out of that. Other than me just saying, I guess like if anyone's listening who's in the same boat, um, one, no one knows that you're um queer based off your art. <laughs> it sounds <laughs> silly that I'd have to say that, but it is. It's scary. And if someone judges your art differently after they find out that you're not straight, then that's a them problem, not you. And obviously it takes time to be ready to fully come out because it is a big thing. But once you are able to be your true self, it is uh, cool. <laughs> Thank you for listening to that artist podcast. We hope that you stay and listen all month to our amazing queer creators that are coming on. If you're interested, you can go over to our website, which will be linked over all our social media to be able to find our merch for the Trevor Project. If you are not able to month monetarily wow i once it started coming out of my mouth it sounded wrong if you are not able to monetarily um you know provide for this fundraiser there's many other ways you can help such as sharing one of the posts on facebook or instagram for other people to find it and you know maybe they'll help us out some too so if you would like to find us off air or be able to find those posts so you can get over to the merch and help out the trevor project you can find us at Danny on Facebook at thatartist.fb, on Instagram at thatartist.ig, and on TikTok at thatartist.tiktok. Perfect. And if you would like to join the That Artist podcast and come on as a guest yourself, you can email us at thatartistpodcast at gmail.com. That's okay, it. Bye. We'll see you next week. Yeah. Okay. Bye.